Ladies and gentlemen, let's bow our heads for a moment of silence for our fallen brother, Patrick Shaheen, baby. Okay, Pat, as most of you know on Twitter, is dead. Me, him, and Jesus got in a fight in the desert, baby, and it, it didn't. End well for Jesus, old Pat. PTD is here to stay. Get out my way. Get out my face. I'm here with my co-host, as always, Mr. Colby DC. Henry Cole. How you doing today? PTD never frowns, never gets down. You know how I run this town, baby. It's PTD Radio, baby. Okay, so we're going to break down some politics. Oh, uh, Fap Titans. Oh my God! And uh, some New Orleans Pelicans basketball, of course, as always. We just lost every single listener. Uh, hello, everybody. I am PTD Shaheen, and I'm uh, Cole Henry. Uh, I'll be honest, bud. I've been ducking everybody. I thought this was well. Yeah, we've all been curious as to where you've been. I haven't seen you in days in the, in the desert. Uh. I'll be honest, though, I thought when you started that uh, y- you were going to be giving a shout-out to our fallen... Uh, I was going to be for Daniel Cormier, uh, who unfortunately lost his no, didn't. heavyweight championship. You didn't see that fight? I, I did. I'm a DC confused. won. Fifth round. Uh, Submission. Wow. Really? Yeah. So they let DC back in after he was brutally KO'd? Brutally KO'd. My steep Big body shot, then punches against the fence. My steep Yeah. Mios. Have you seen Stipe's face? I've heard him talk. <laughs> Goddamn! I was like, you know, it sucks, man. Rest in peace, Daniel Cormier, man. Hope he does whatever is best for him. I'd love to see him fight again. Imagine Nate Diaz and Stipe Miocic. Have a co-headliner and a headliner ever had poor speaking skills? Don't! <laughs> He sounds like an Ohio Cajun on all Yeah, He sounds like an Ohio Ed Orgeron. And if you think about it, like, Nate Diaz, he's like this, where it's just, yeah, yeah, just, just deeper, but same type. Like, it's, anyway, we'll move on. Um, yeah, ESPN early preliminary card was what it was. We had three fights there. I'm kind of sick of this uh, whole fight pass thing. And the okay. moving it around, you know, it's, okay. we're here, we're there. Uh, next up was a pretty We've got connections. ESPN. We can make some shit happen. Yes, we can. Uh... The only fight I want to talk about on this undercard, I mean, it, it was a decent, there was some decent fights. Casey Kenny picked up a win. Jakar Close beat Christos Chiagos in a decent fight. Uh, Corey Sanhagen's run continued. Uh, the only fight I really want to mention is uh, Kama Worthy upsetting Devontae Smith. It was literally the biggest upset of the night. Devontae Smith was a um, minus 1,000 favorite. He got knocked out in the first round. Um, yeah, somebody made a lot of money. You you uh, were upset that you didn't put money on this fight. Yeah, it's, I say this every time. I usually put money on big underdogs, not because I think they'll win, but just because you know, you're not risking much, and if you win, it's great. Right. You did achieve something later on in this card, which we'll get to. Yeah, yeah. But what sucks is the last two times I can think of where I've done it, where or I've decided not to do it, it was this fight and the Anthony Joshua fight. So it's like, if I would just stick to it, I would have made... Seven bucks, because you know I'm not betting more than 50 cents. Anyway, um, that's pretty much that. Kama Worthy picked up a win. He has a fun name. Kama Worthy. All right, main card. Uh, what the people came to see. Paulo Costa and Yoel Romero. Did you have a problem with the decision? No. Did you learn anything from Paulo Costa, or what? What was your... Te- I mean, like, it was a damn good fight. What'd you... Th- 
I mean, I picked Costa going into this fight only because I kind of felt like, you know, just when you have, regardless of how good Yoel Romero is, he's just getting older. And Paulo Costa's such a good fighter. I just don't know that Romero is always going to be able to consistently overcome, you know, these guys in their prime. And uh, Costa's clearly hitting his. My concern with him was going to be whether or not he could take a punch and whether or not he could stop a takedown. And, uh, you know, he was able to take punches from Romero. He wasn't taken down. He wasn't controlled. He got so taken well. down twice, but he got back up. Yeah. It was impressive. And admittedly, Romero's not the type of guy to take you down and, like, ground and right. ground you, you know? But um, Costa was able... I, I don't think Costa will fight anybody going forward that's going to have a better style of wrestling than Romero has. I mean, I know Whitaker can wrestle. I know that Adesanya's... Well, he can't wrestle, but... Um, yeah, I, the... Romero's the top of that class when it comes to grappling yeah. in 185. I learned a lot from Costa. Uh, his willingness to exchange without hesitation. You know, a lot of guys fear Yoel's takedowns because he's so smooth. He's so quick. He, he changes angles. He drops quick. But uh, Paula kept that offense going. That's why I, I gave him that. Like, I was hoping Yoel would fight because he's just one of those guys you always root for. But yeah. it's good to see... Fresh blood getting past, you know, Israel gets past Gaslam, and then, you know, uh, Paula Costa gets past Yoel Romero, and now you've got two guys under the age of 30 that are in the top five of that division who are going to be looking at title shots. Um, before we get to what Costa does next, what do you think we'll see Yoel Romero do? And he made his money, right? He got paid. He got that lawsuit. Supposedly, he did get that that money from the lawsuit. I mean, you know, a lot of times in those situations, it's hard to say how big the company was that he sued. A lot of times, they'll just file for bankruptcy, and uh, they don't end up paying out these damages. But, uh, you know, if they want to continue business, they're going to have to pay at least some of it out. So, potentially, he could get something. I'm also not a lawyer, but uh, that's my general understanding of the situation. But, uh, yeah, you know, I think he's the type of guy that he'll probably keep fighting just because he likes to fight. I think he really enjoys fighting. There's no reason he should have taken this fight, but he did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, it was a a super exciting fight. Uh, And there's lots of fights for him in the division. I mean, I guess off the top of my head, I can't really think of anybody. A lot of guys are moving up to middle, I mean, to light heavyweight. I guess that's something he could look at. Moving up to 205. Anyway, uh, what about Costa? What do you think? Uh, uh, what's Kevin Kelvin Gaslam doing? Uh, I don't think anything that we know. I of. think he needs to fight one more time, and if he wins a Kevin Gaslam fight, or I mean, give me another name, another top five one eighty five er. Yoel Gaslam is Jacare still in there? Yeah, I mean, you could you could argue that he. I mean. The thing is, Romero's a more valuable win, really, than anybody Either else. Either of those, yeah, I the agree. The thing is, though, if you look at Costa, I mean, he, he, his strength of schedule, I mean, he beat Yoel Romero, and then the drop-off from there, I mean, he, he beat uh, Johnny Hendricks that was not the prime Johnny Hendricks by any means. I mean, he got a win over Olawale Bamba Ghost, who, his nickname was the Holy War Angel. Right. I mean, his resume fight. before Yoel yeah. wasn't phenomenal. Yeah, Uriah Hall. But, Uriah, but not, nothing great. But Yoel... Is I mean, if there's one guy you could beat that says this guy deserves a title shot, it's Yoel. Yeah. So I don't know. I think if I'm booking it, I look at Kelvin Gaslam and say, you know, this guy might need a fight. And if I think Paula Costa might need a fight, I make that fight because that's undoubtedly a number one contender's fight. So if Costa, let's say that uh, Robert Whitaker uh, wins, beats 
Israel Adesanya. Okay. Do you think we're more likely to see Costa matched up with Adesanya coming off a loss or immediately jump to a title shot against Whitaker? I wouldn't be surprised if they push Paula Costa. I wouldn't either. And I guess, you know, asking that question, it would be kind of dumb, I guess. Because, I mean, the worst possible scenario is Adesanya loses to Whitaker and then beats Costa. Right. And then you've just got... Right. you got nothing. And then Kelvin... And I, I'm of the firm belief Kelvin is in that top four of guys. I, it, out of everybody mentioned, I think the most likely guy to beat Whitaker for some reason is, is Kelvin, Kelvin Gaslam. I don't know why. I just think that... Robert can't... Robert can't engage the way he engages against Kelvin Gaslam. Kelvin will get inside and mess him up. And he'll exactly he'll move. You know he, he can mix it up. Costa is a violent dude, but we know that Whitaker. I mean, he went. He's going ten rounds with yeah. with Yoel Romero. Yeah, let Bobby fight his fight, which I think Costa would do. It wouldn't end well, and that's what I fear for Israel. But we're gonna have to see on that. Yeah. One eighty five is more exciting than it's been in quite some time. It's probably the coolest division right now. And. Uh, Good for Paula Costa. He's legitimately up there. He's legitimately up there. Guys that deserve a title shot. Yeah, uh, it was easy to question him uh, as all hype, or you know whether or not he was all hype. But uh, when you can can go through that sort of a of a beat down with Romero and emerge the winner, I'd say you're definitely at the top of the food chain. Um, all right, up next, uh, a fight that shit. I guess in. 2010, 2011, around in there, this would have been a, a dream lightweight matchup, but instead we're getting it a few years later at welterweight. It's uh, Nate Diaz and, and Anthony Pettis. These dudes are in their primes, bro. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what did you think uh, about Nate, Diaz, Nate Diaz's performance off of, uh, what, almost a four-year layoff? So, funny story. Uh, I'm texting my friend Sean from Austin. You remember that guy? Yeah. He's just recently started betting on MMA. And... You know, I think he respects my opinion. I don't think he, you know, trusts my opinion. I hope he doesn't because he has texted me before this event and then we get to the main card and he's like, okay, what do you think about Costa? And I was like, I like Costa's game. Don't think he's going to be good enough to beat Yoel. What do you think about Pettis Diaz? Pettis has been killing it. Diaz Diaz hasn't fought in three years. Pettis all the way. We'll get to the next fight. But, uh... I felt like a real asshole. Nate Diaz showed the fuck up. And against a guy, I thought he would have a lot of trouble against. Pettis does not waste shots. He's very accurate when he's striking well, but he never got into that rhythm because Nate just brought it. Um, yeah, I think, you know, in the early part of the round, it looked like he, he maybe didn't like those punches. Um but and then you know he shot for that takedown late in the round. Got the takedown easy, but it was just kind of a, a different performance from Nate Diaz. But then as things got going, he uh, started landing and um, really once Pettis hurt his foot, it seemed like really things started to turn in Nate Diaz's favor. Um, you know I, I do still think that this is you know everybody's so high on Nate Diaz right now, want to see him get a big fight. You know to me he he really has another another win at welterweight over a guy that's probably better at lightweight despite the win over. Stephen Thompson. Um, so I guess going, you know, from here, what do you think's next for both guys? Do you want to? Uh, do you want to? Good lord, what do you what do you put Diaz? I mean, I guess Masvidal. I mean, he got the number seven ranking after the fight. Mm-hmm. So Masvidal's number three or four. Three or four, yeah. I mean, rankings wise, I, it makes I like sense. I like that fight, and it does make sense ranking wise, and it seems like both guys would be willing participants. Uh, I don't think Jorge, at this point in his career, wants to wait on Nate. 
So I think when you agree to fight Nate Diaz, you got to consider the amount of time Nate Diaz is going to take to actually sign a contract because he's notorious for dragging out stuff with the UFC. That payday he got was pretty damn nice for a UFC fighter, not in a main event. So uh, if, if it's Masvidal, cool. If it, I, I, I'm picking Masvidal in that fight. But uh, Pettis... I don't fucking know, man. It's so it, it. Pettis is a guy I've always rooted for. When he was at one fifty five, I thought he was never gonna lose that belt. I was damn wrong. At one seventy, I mean, I don't think he has a. I don't think he has a home. I think Anthony Pettis is one of those guys. If there was a one sixty five division, he'd be a top five guy. Yeah. But unfortunately, that's not the case. Yeah, I I, I agree. Uh, with a lot of what you said, I do think that the best fight for Diaz going forward would be would be Masvidal because I do think that's the most winnable fight for him at welterweight. Um, I don't think he would want to fight Kamara Usman. I just don't think it's a winnable fight. Whereas uh, Masvidal, you know, that's a big fight. He could potentially go, and if he wins that fight, he could maybe then call out McGregor as opposed to Usman. And I know he's. I guarantee you, Nate Diaz is back because he's trying to get his bank account up. He's trying. I mean, I'm not saying he doesn't want to fight. But I'm sure that this is a chance for him to make some some big money before he's too old. He's 34 now, so he could go into the you know he beat Pettis. So let's say he goes in and beats Masvidal. That's going to be a huge fight. Well, let's say after that he calls out McGregor. That's going to be a huge fight. Then he could probably retire pretty comfortably. Whereas you know the Usman fight not going to be as big of a money fight as a potential third fight with McGregor. And you're going to get that ass. And he's up. probably not going to win. So uh, Nate Diaz is in a real peculiar situation because he's not been great at welterweight. But, you know, I mean, his two biggest wins at welterweight are over, you know, Conor McGregor and Anthony Pettis. Right. Two former lightweights. Yeah. So it's, it's, whereas Masvidal, you know, is a good welterweight, but he can't threaten Diaz on the ground. It's two strikers. Diaz is a very good striker. He could potentially win that. And the thing about a Conor trilogy is that's on Conor's terms because he won the last fight. Mm -hmm. So I'd assume if I'm Conor, I'm making that at 155. And if it's a question of can Nate make 155 these days, I think he can. There was a lot of not lean on Nate, and he was probably walking in that fight 185, 190, but... Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, talk for a second, I can look that up. Uh, I firmly believe that PTD Radio is the greatest radio show on the face of the earth. I think the host is just incredibly talented. Uh, go ahead and book uh, PTD for the Grammys next year. And Emmys and Oscars and uh, Peabody's and uh, okay, and we're back. Uh, this car was in California, so they basically released how much weight each guy gained back after the weight cut. And Nate Diaz uh, weighed in at one seventy and fought at one hundred eighty pounds, whereas uh, Pettis weighed in at about one seventy seven point two for the fight. So not that big of a weight difference, mm-hmm. but. I, I wonder if he can make one much larger. Right, he really did. He's taller. Yeah, that's um, his biggest advantage over Connor. Is legitimately he's taller and he has better range. Yeah, uh, I really do think if we see McGregor fight again, it'll be Nate it'll Diaz. It'll be Nate Diaz because that's that's the fight where I, I don't know. You know, I, I think that Diaz is kind of and it, okay. I guess I'll move on to the next question rather than state my opinion here. Are you buying the hype that Nate Diaz has kind of taken Conor McGregor's place as the big star in MMA? No, or? fuck no. Okay. Uh, why is that? I don't... Not as many people... Can, he got a big pop. He was in his home state. Uh, a lot of people like Nate Diaz, and that's cool, man, but it's a question of... 
He's you, never selling a million. You just don't himself. think anything's changed, basically. Right. I, I totally agree. Well, I think he's gained fans. Yeah, I really he's, do. He's very popular. I, I guarantee you, at least fifty thousand of those buys were specifically for Nate Diaz. Yeah, yeah. And but you know, I think, and a lot of people were saying, you know, he's taking McGregor's place. I think if that was the case, this pay per view would would do one point five. Yeah, like it'd be I doing. Because you can't convince me that McGregor coming back wouldn't do a ton of buys. Now I know that the pay per view model's different now. But surely they still have a way of knowing, and uh, I forget who it was. I read the paper you didn't do too too well, but then again, you know, you never know these days. I guess what the source is probably even harder to, to gauge. Mm. Um, I don't know though. Questionable sources. Yeah, mm. for sure. I, I, I can't remember what the source was, so I can't even say it's questionable. I don't even could have literally just been a Twitter guy. So <laughs> I regret even saying that. Um, real quick before we move on to the main event, um, Costa and Romero. Waiting at one eighty six and one eighty four, and uh, for the fight itself, Romero came in at two oh seven, and Costa came in at two fourteen for a one hundred eighty five pound fight. Some big boys out there. Um, Daniel Cormier and Stipe Miocic. It's I guess, thirty fucking pounds. Yeah, it's insane. Um, Paulo Costa added uh, almost fifteen percent of his body mass back. Jesus. No reason those dudes shouldn't be fighting at 205. No reason. It seems like Costa eventually will have to. Romero could probably just retire, you know? Right. But Costa, he's 27. He's just... You're well made fucking weight. That's, it's that's funny just... that he supposedly gets all this, like, millions of dollars and then makes weight. They get motivated. And he's like, oh, now I gotta go. Don't show them gay Jesus now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, man, they were both super pro-Jesus. Oh, yeah. Did you notice that? Yeah. Very pro-Jesus fight between Costa and Romero. Absolutely. How does G... Never mind. Don't worry about that. it. Don't ask those right. questions. Uh, all right. Stipe Miocic and Daniel Cormier. What? Real quick before did, we get into When did that it, happen? Uh, Stipe and Cormier. Yeah, when did that happen? Um, Saturday night. You didn't see it? No. I, oh. No. I, Yo- Yoel and Costa were the main event. Mm, no, 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 it ended it was, in it went to a five round a five round decision. No, that was a, that was a three round fight. It was actually two fights. Wait, Daniel Cormier won a fight Saturday night. Oh dear. Oh, what are you telling? What are you telling? What are you telling? Oh dear. Yeah, I thought it was a great fight. DC uh, DC beat the shit out of Stipe, uh, retained his title, oh, called out Brock Lesnar oh, again. Oh, it was it was phenomenal, uh, right? Patrick, Daniel Cormier was knocked out in the fourth no, round and, and lost the heavyweight That's champion. That's not what happened. That's what happened. Are we going to talk about it, or is this over? Stipe, uh, fuck it, man. Whatever. It sucks. Look, uh, I'm, I'm very fearful that come three weeks, there will be no Louisiana champions anymore. So, uh, DC... Uh, he didn't look bad. He 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 kept his hands out the whole time. Did not guard any part of his body. Didn't seem interested. He was landing eye pokes mostly. Uh, but uh, Stipe ripped that body shot once at the end of the. Th- it ended in the fourth, right? Yeah. He ripped that body shot in the at the end of the third, and I was like, "Damn! He, if he's gonna win, he needs to go back to that." And sure enough, midway through the fourth, he rips that bitch, and then just fucking. You saw DC. He landed. He kept landing, but you saw DC. It was that body shot that shut it down. I mean, it was so clean. Literally caught him under the gut and swept all the way over. Like that hurts. And uh, he. Uh, all I could think 
watching that fight, you know, you mentioned that Cormier had his hands down the whole time. All I could think was, you know, in the first fight, he kind of knocked Stipe out. They were in the clinch, but it was a punch that Stipe really kind of didn't see. It just came from the side. I was thinking, you know, Cormier had a big height disadvantage to Miocic, and, and by keeping his hands at his side, I was thinking that maybe he was under the impression that he could, you know, move forward and just keep throwing at a pace, and Miocic wouldn't necessarily see where the punches were coming from. Because, uh, I mean, we know Miocic does have a, a solid chin. He took punches from from Ngannou, from a lot of guys, but uh, Cormier took him out with that one shot. So I feel like DC maybe was thinking that he could set up that same sort of situation, but it was odd because, you know, in the first round, Cormier took Miocic down and controlled him. And I remember thinking, like, the first time they fight, Cormier's going to KO him. And here the second time, he's going to outclass him. And then, really, you know, the first fight, I mean, the first three rounds arguably could have all gone for Cormier. And then the fourth round, uh, yeah, I mean, Stipe landed that body shot. He just saw it. I mean, Cormier backed up against the fence and just went down. And, um, you know, something else interesting to know, we were talking about weight earlier. Stipe waited at 230 for this fight. And, uh showed up at 233, whereas Cormier weighed in at 236 and showed up at 247. So this makes you wonder, I mean, did he cut weight for some reason? Or Makes no sense. It, do, it doesn't make for sense. For him, too. I mean, and there's no way if he was just 236, he could have put on that much weight. Right. I mean, like... Unless he went out and had a really good meal with his family. Or his coaches. I mean, I, I, mean, I wonder if, like, he... I guess he cut a little bit away. I guess he was dehydrated. You know, he, yeah, I he guess did his normal it. routine, but not maybe probably not as extreme. But he gained some water weight back and probably ate pretty fucking well Friday and Saturday morning. It's wild, Stipe weighed it. I mean, two hundred thirty pounds. Yeah, he was in the best shape of his career. Look, man, Stipe Miocic solidified himself, in my opinion, as the best heavyweight of the UFC's history, and I think his rivalry with. Daniel Cormier will stick out as much as, and I know I'm going to sound like an asshole, as the John Jones rivalry. I, I totally it's agree. It's legitimately a storybook rivalry at this point. And let's say DC just doesn't talk about fighting for a year, and then boom, we get DC Steep A3. Yeah, it'll be huge. And it will be the best rivalry in in the sport. I, I actually agree because I think, you know, as, as fun and compelling as Jones DC was, you know, Jones did technically win both fights. Whereas, yes. like, this one, like, people want to see the third fight right. because they want to know who the better fighter is, right. not because of some, like, beef that's, that's internal. DC got a quick knockout in the first. DC arguably won all three rounds. I, yeah. I want to give him the third to see. Yeah. Stipe mounted Stipe, a comeback yeah, he in the was third. doing well. Yes. But Cormier, what and he was winning, was And he was winning the fourth up until that point. It seemed like Stipe had kind of figured out a little bit to just throw straight because Daniel Cormier is not even blocking. But, man... That fight was really interesting. It's not it's not gonna make my top ten of all time, but it's definitely top ten heavyweight. Yeah. It's I, a damn good fight. I think it was arguably the best, you know offhand, the only thing I think of that competes, you know, Brown and, and uh Olavsky was yeah. great, and then Hunt and uh Silva one was great, but you know, there's been some good ones, but this was a good fight overall. Um I, I just uh I wonder if we'll see DC fight again. Uh I wonder who Stipe fights next. I mean, I guess it would be either Ngannou or Jones if Jones decides to move up. Which one would you prefer to see out of those two? John Jones, but, I mean, Francis has gotten better. Uh, 
and I, I, I just say that. Uh, Francis has been knocking dudes out in the first round again recently, and he can do that to anybody. So I think uh, the better overall fight would be Jones and Miocic. I think Stipe would actually give John Jones some problems at this point. Who would you rather see? So you'd rather see... John Jones. John, Miocic and Jones. Yeah. What about Jones himself? If he moved up to heavyweight, who would you prefer to see him fight? Out of Stipe Miocic oh, man. and, uh, and Ngannou. Damn I mean, it. You could, add, you could add Cormier in too, but at this point, I think Damn that's, it. You know, I think... I want to see Francis fight anybody. I mean, I, like, that's I the just, thing. It's interesting because Miocic and, and Jones, I think, would be more compelling because... I think it'd be a damn good fight. Because well, Miocic's boxing is so good. It and is Jones damn good. boxing has kind of been his Achilles heel. But it's like with Ngannou, like, Jones got hit a lot in the Santos fight. Like, what happens if Ngannou and hits Francis Jones? Francis is longer and... Quicker for the first round, at least. Mm-hmm. It'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, John Jones, when he goes up... Uh, John Jones gets hit yeah. these days. He never used to. Yeah, that's what's so crazy. He used to n- not get hit to the point of where people would be like, oh, well, Machida hit him that one time in that one fight, and it kind of yeah. rocked him. When you yeah. go back and watch it, it's like, no. He was just so used to not getting hit, that when he got hit, he was just like, what? Like, he wasn't rocked. Anyway, um... Yeah, UFC 241, the last few fights saved the card for sure. The fight of the night was Costa and Romero. The performance of the night went to Stipe and then Kama Worthy. Good for Kama Worthy. Uh, yeah, he took that fight on a few days' notice, knocked out a heavy favorite, and uh, has earned himself a few more fights with the UFC for sure. Um, Stipe pulled out 750000 guaranteed for this fight. Nice. Um, all right. It took longer than I thought it would, but real quick, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the Bellator card that's apparently happening this weekend. Um, Bellator 225, Matt Mitrione versus Sergey Karitonov 2. Do you know what happened the first time these two guys fought? No. Uh, Eight seconds into the fight or so, Matt Mitrione kicked Sergey Karitonov uh, in the groin. Okay. And that um, Ended ended the fight. Okay, I got Mitrione uh, losing disqualification, groin shot. I, I, that would be awesome. Uh, interesting fact, um, there was a boxer, I think his name was Kelly Pavlik, I think that's who it was, has two DQ losses via groin strike to, to somebody, but I can't remember who it was. Um, Big fan of Pavlik. Yeah. Um, Big fan. Anyway, the Bellator card's got some fun some fun fights on it. John Manley was the ultimate fighter guy from way back in the day. He's on the, the prelims. Uh, Aviv Ghazali, um, Timothy Johnson's fighting Azuna, Anayanwu. Uh, all those guys are former UFC fighters. Uh, Henry Gracie's fighting. Um, Mike Kimball's on the card. We've got Sabas Hamas. He's a former UFC fighter. Uh, Austin Vanderford, uh, Mr. Van Zandt himself, is on the card. Uh, Nick... The one-arm wonder Newell. That's what I'm excited about. I was waiting for you to say something I actually gave a shit about. Nick Newell, mm-hmm. damn it, boy. Uh, went two and a half, three rounds with Gaethje. Two, yes. I mean, cut off one of your fucking arms at the elbow and see if you can fight Justin. Try to fight Justin Gaethje with two arms, pussies. It is kind of a wild... Uh, I like Nick Newell, man. That's so, like I'm all for... Disabled people doing whatever the fuck they want to do. And if that kid went through training, probably getting punched a lot on his weak side, and I'm going to call it his weak side because yeah. he's got half a fucking arm. It is what it is, yeah. He's he starting. If you're it. fighting him, you'd be smart to target that side. Oh, absolutely. Like, I mean, absolutely. It, it is what it is. 
But, I mean, he leads with that nub every once in a while. Watch out now. And he's good at covering his chin with it, too. He I know is. that sounds kind of funny, but he, 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 he kind of puts it up, and it really does protect him a little bit. He's... I'm going to hell. You know, the problem with Nick Newell is always going to be that it's a fun story. It's an awesome story. You want to see him win. Right. But if you put that guy on ESPN and the UFC, and he fights somebody who just sparks him out in the first round... I mean, it's never happened. He's a good fighter. He is a good And the thing good is, fighter. great fighters get... I wouldn't say... I'm not saying that might happen because he's missing... It. It's literally just that tends to happen. Right. But if somebody sees that, they're like, well, he's got one arm. You know, it suddenly becomes this thing where it's like, well, why was he in there to begin with? Right. People aren't going to know that he's like, I think, 15-2 and two overall. Right. That he's beat some... Actually, some quality MMA fighters. fighters. Yeah, I mean, he, he's beat some, some, some decent regional type guys. And... Um, and Corey Browning's one of those guys, and he's going to be fighting him this uh, weekend. So, I uh, I'd like to see him do well. I don't know if we'll ever see him in the UFC, but Bellator, I, I could see making a story out of it, giving him some fights uh, if he's able to beat Corey. If Browning. that dude had two arms, he would have been with Bellator or the UFC a long yeah, time ago. I think that's what's so wild about it is that like literally what you said almost sounds like a joke. If he had two arms, but it's true. It's damn true. Like he's, he's a so, damn good fighter. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, he's good at grappling. He's decent at striking. His jiu-jitsu for one and a half arms is pretty damn good exactly. as well. I've seen him choke a dude out with that nub. I know. And I know it sounds like we're joking, but it really is. It's an incredible... Well, I guess it does. Nub really and arm is, triangle. It really is like an incredible thing when you think about the fact that he's beating up dudes that beat up other dudes. And he's doing it with one arm. I mean, he's a damn good fighter. He does just make you wonder. And I'm happy he's getting on Bellator. How good he could be. Yeah. I hope he makes some damn money with Bellator because I think he could probably get into Bellator's like better fighter status. He probably could. I mean, I don't know. He's probably not going to ever beat Michael Chandler, but he could definitely get up there. I mean, he could have some good fights for sure. I hope he's able to stick around. Um, that's it for the undercard. One of the main cards, we've got Bellator staple, David Rickles against Yaroslav Amosov. Okay, uh, man. Yeah. You remember when he did that really stupid walkout with MVP? And then... And then getting knocked out and then a Pokeball thrown at him? Yeah, and just really just stood there the entire, entire fight. And no, he, he quit. Oh, that's he right. He quit. That's right. He was just like, fuck this. I can't land a punch. I'm probably going to get knocked out. He quit. That was the first time I've seen a professional fighter quit. Like, wasn't nobody. he wearing like a kilt or yeah, something? Yeah, uh, it was like a caveman, like yeah. Flintstones type. He came out with a club. And he fought. Like and he caveman. did like the, the freeze challenge or something. I don't know. Eesh. Yeah, it wasn't cool. Um, from there, we've got Tyrell Fortune and Rudy Schaffroff. Sh- uh, Tyrell Fortune is a top prospect at heavyweight. Um, I've never, I'll, I'll be honest, I've never heard of Rudy in my life. Rudy's going to win this fight. Um, maybe. It's interesting. I believe Tyrell Fortune has a brother who's like a featherweight. It's always interesting when you have two siblings who are massive. Like that's and not so massive. many weight classes apart. <laughs> yeah. Um, women's flyweight, Alejandro Lara against Taylor Turner. I know you're a huge fan of the women's flyweight mm-hmm. division. Taylor Turner brings a lot. Mm-hmm. The other one you Ale- said? Alejandro Lara. That's a girl? Y- y- I thought Alejandro yes. was a boy. That's Alejandro. This is Alejandro. Dra. She has a... Exa- Alexandra. Um, so, uh, yeah. Her name's Alexandra in English, so no, she's not winning. Okay. Fair. Um, co-main event, Vitaly Minikov uh, coming off the first loss of his career. He was... 
30 and 0, or sorry, 21 and 0 going into his uh, fight with Chet Congo. It was a rematch of a uh, fight 2014. Congo picked up the win, and he'll now be fighting for the heavyweight title, whereas Minikov will be fighting um, Javier Yela. What do you know about Javier Yela? His name's Javi. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much all that most people know about him. Uh, his last four fights, though, have been against Sergey Karatonov, Roy Nelson, Chet Congo, and Frank Mir. So he's basically fighting... Um, Men that should be in retirement. Well, well, yeah, and like the 2005 to like 2010 heavyweight... You know. Chet Congo's still got the meanest groin shot in the game. You know, it's funny. The UFC released Chet Congo in 2012 because I guess he was old. And um, since then... Seven years later, baby. Yeah, he's, he's won like... 14 fights in Bellator, and he's about to fight for the heavyweight title against Ryan, um, the masturbator. Um, main event of the evening, Sergey Karatonov against Matt Mitrione. Uh, I don't give a shit. Yeah. This is a terrible main event. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Why don't you care about Matt Mitrione? I'd rather see Dylan Dennis fight a plug in this situation. What is Matt Mitrione going to get a fucking title shot if he wins? Is Karatonov um, going to get a fucking title shot? I would promise you Mitrion probably will not as long as... This is so Bush League, and Bellator tends to do this. Oh, we've got a decent card with some decent fighters. Let's throw the, I guess, the biggest name, mm-hmm. which makes no fucking sense that Matt Mitrion's the biggest name on any fucking card. Uh, if I saw him on the biggest name on a regional circuit card, I'd be like, that's still trash. Um, wow. Yeah, Matt Mitrion's a bitch. Um, wow. I beat his ass. Wow. Um, so Shots fired. So, it's horse shit. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm going to pick Karatonov because Matt Mitrion's such a bitch-made motherfucker. Um, and I don't give a shit. I mean, I'll probably be over here watching this, but I, I'll be... I'll be diddling myself. Oh. While you're, you know, probably watching. Okay. Not me, but the fights. Um, yeah, I'm going to just tangle in my Pringles. Tangling your Pringles. Uh, this took an odd Marveling turn. my marbles. Anyway, um, this is the first fight of Karatonov since Matt Mitrione kicked him directly in the genitals uh, in February Juggling 2019. my bowling pin. Mm. Um, I feel very uncomfortable. This is sexual assault in the workplace. Jack's dead. Oh, God. Is he really? He's not breathing. Uh, anyway, you have a pick for this fight? Oh, God. Oh, you fuck, already picked? Okay. Fuck Mitrion. All right, we're done with this Bellator card. We're, no, you pick. I, I'm going to pick Mitrion. You're he, fucking soft. He's got quicker hands. No, he doesn't. Older. No, he fucking doesn't. Yeah, he does. Mitrion's a Just call it what it is. It is what it is. He he made it to the NFL. It it is what it is. You just get it how you want. I just get it how I live. Um, Is there anything on this China card that interests you? That's double R. That's Whaley Zhang and... uh, The the main card right now is Jessica Andrade versus Whaley Zhang. Uh, Great fight. Elias Zaleski de Santos versus Li Jing Lang. Uh, Mike Li Jing Lang. Keenan Song versus Derek Kranz. That's... Sorry, Derek Kranz. That's the main card. Three fights? Yes. How, how long is this card? There's ten fights on the card, but one of them, uh, it's Mosar Evloev versus To Be Decided. Mm. So, there's also, like, rioting going on. In China? Um, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. In Beijing, specifically. Mm-hmm. 
And people are dying in these riots. I guess it's technically China, but anyway. What? And people are dying in these riots. I don't know. Does China keep a kill count? No. Do they just chalk it up to communism? They they spit out more than they can kill. Wow. So, um... Oh, there are some other announced battles. Pick a fight. Pick pick the main event. I mean, right, we're going to cover it next week, but on uh, whatever the champ's name is, she's trash. Uh, they, I think we have a decent shot at seeing our first Chinese champion, which is uh, historic. Yeah. And I'll be watching because I, I find both of these women entertaining to watch, uh-huh. as I do all women, of course. Yeah. Um, I think Wei Ling's going to take it, but we'll get on to that next week. Yeah, yeah, we will. Um, it, it was interesting that Wiley Zhang at the weigh-ins, or sorry, not the weigh-ins, but just at the press conference at the face-off, she appeared to be larger than I thought she would be uh, compared to Andrade. I'm not sure how much that'll matter, but I, I do feel like maybe we're overlooking uh, Zhang's technical striking abilities. That, you know, Joanna Jacek was able to beat Andrade that way, Um but, again, you know, if Zane can't keep Andrade off of her, if it turns into a grappling exchange, I, you know. I, I, I think that's where the size comes in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She was also wearing a, a horrible dress in the uh, rooftop shot they took. They it took, was? Uh, Wei Ling Zhang. It, it, it was on the UFC's Instagram. And uh, she's in this, like, black overall dress, like, denim dress with, like, this striped shirt underneath it. It wasn't a good look. You don't have to be racist. Anyway, um, co-main event, Elias, Celeste Dos Santos, and Lee Jingling. Do I not? Fun fight there. Uh, Derek Kranz used to fight around here. He's fighting Keenan Song. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a good card full of, uh, prospects. I like uh, Lee Jingling. Yeah. I, the dude's a damn good fighter. Yeah, he is. Uh, he has won uh, six of his last seven fights. That's that is a good run. That's since 2016. Um, that's pretty much it. There's, there's not too too much going on for the next couple of weeks. Um, of course, UFC 242 is coming up, so that will uh, definitely be something to talk about. Uh, as far as other MMA news, uh. Go ahead, go ahead and give some shout-outs. To who? Yourself, anybody you'd like to plug. Yeah, I guess that's pretty much that's pretty much it. Yeah, I need to close the show, so go ahead and um, give your shout-outs. Yeesh. Okay, baby, well, this has been PTV Radio. As always, I am your uh, host, PTD Shaheen, baby. My wonderful co-host, Colby D.C. Henry. Yeah, that's me. Uh, you can find me on, on Twitter at the Scope MMA. Uh, I kill it there. I've been called. Uh, I've not been called anything. So. Uh, you cannot find me on Twitter. Yeah, have you deleted your Twitter? No, I just gone dark, baby. I'm too famous. I'm too famous. Too many DMs of girls sending me their breath. Really? I, that's a that's. A yeah, I just got out of uh, SA, Sexaholics Anonymous. So. Oh. Uh, yeah, baby. Uh, so, this has been PTD Radio, and uh, we'll catch y'all next week. Um, yeah, MMA Scope. Catch you next week. I got the last word. <laughs>